The IU football coaching staff spoke for the first time ahead of Friday's game against Illinois. Had some interesting comments about the offense heading into that contest. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? It is Tuesday, August 30th. This is Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Coaching staff Tom Allen, Walt Bell spoke on Monday uh, ahead of Friday's game against Illinois. Most interesting thing to come from the those kind of press conferences did not actually come from Tom Allen. It was a quote from Walt Bell uh, that I think we'll we'll lead off today talking about because there's there's so much intrigue, there's so much unknown about this IU offense. Uh, Walt Bell talked a little bit about a number of things, but I think the something that kind of stuck out most is uh, a quote he had where he said that there's a high probability was his wording. Uh, they will play nine wide receivers this year. That is a, that's a lot of wide receivers. Uh, I tried to put down nine names that I think um, could be those nine guys. Some of them I'm more certain about than others. Javon Swinton, Anderson Kobe, who someone will mention in a minute. Someone the coaching staff has mentioned a lot, uh, despite transferring in. Uh, I believe he transferred in a little late as well, but still someone that's been mentioned a lot. DJ Matthews, obviously. Uh, Emery Simmons, Cam Camper, Malachi Holt Bennett, uh, Omar Cooper. Uh, we talked last week. Tom Allen had some high praise for him. Uh, so I, I certainly would think that he will get on the field. Donovan McCauley uh, seems more and more likely he's going to have some type of role uh, this season. Uh, we won't really know if he's a starter, if he's um, a backup. We we obviously don't know any of that, but he would almost have to be one of these nine guys. Last guy is David Baker, who was uh, the only other name on the depth chart outside of those eight. Those first eight seem almost given. Uh, those are names that we've heard mentioned a lot. Uh, those seem like kind of the top eight guys and then David Baker was the last name. He was on that depth chart to start fall camp. There were a lot of names, a lot of oars on that depth chart. But if we're trying to get to nine guys, that's who I imagine is going to be among those nine. I'm That wasn't really in any order. I don't know who's going to play what position, who's going to be out wide, who's going to be in the slot. There could be guys moved around. Um, but that seems like probably the nine guys that would play wide receiver. It's going to be interesting if they intend on doing this throughout the season. I can't imagine they would. I, I would imagine that they're going to find the guys that are contributing regularly. It's hard to imagine nine guys would even be able to contribute regularly. Um, it's nice in the sense that they'll be able to cycle through guys. We talked last week about what position group has the most talent. I mentioned the wide receiver room has talent. It's just unproven talent and talent that needs to kind of build chemistry with the quarterback and, and figure out the offense. There are a lot of 
talented guys in this group, but nine of them is a lot to play regularly. So injuries will obviously creep up. Maybe that will open up some opportunities for some guys. I fully see them playing nine guys against Illinois. Now, do they play nine guys against Purdue? Or do they are they even playing nine guys by the time they face Rutgers or Maryland midseason? I'd be certainly more surprised. I, I don't think there's really any chance that they're doing that uh, by the time the Purdue game rolls around. Even by the time the Rutgers and Maryland games roll around, I'd be surprised. But they're going to start with nine. Who the who plays their way to more time? Who plays their way out of time? We'll see. But I thought that was a, the most interesting uh, singular quote from the day. Tom Allen had a, a number of things to say, number of questions he answered. Uh, he named a number of guys, Brylon Lanier, who we talked about last week as likely the, the third cornerback option, uh, transfer, I believe, from Alabama. Josh Sangui- uh, Sanguinetti, Anderson Kobe, who we just talked about, James Bomba, Khalil Benson, all his guys who elevated their play during fall camp. Um, he's named a lot of people throughout fall camp, but... Given the question, given where we are, we're through fall camp, we're leading into week one, getting singled out like that has to mean something. So wouldn't be a surprise if a number of those guys feature uh, in each of their positions uh, this Friday. Tom Allen says the team is, quote, relatively relatively healthy, uh, but hence there may be players they hope to have that they won't. It didn't sound like any of those were starters it, it sounds i dj matthews is the first name that came to mind for me um it sounds like he will be ready uh maybe it's depth pieces they won't have but uh, there's been nothing to indicate that matthews for example wouldn't be ready he's been in all the videos he said that he's ready so i don't think he's one of them i it's i get the sense it's more maybe not quite as much depth we'll see we know indiana Injuries are something they hide regardless. Uh, They've hit everything this uh, kind of preseason fall camp, but injuries are always something they hide. So we won't really have a sense on that. Talking about Illinois, Allen said DeVito starting at QB for Illinois was something they not just expected. They were preparing for him. Uh, I quote, I wasn't surprised. I would have been surprised if he wasn't. I think he's a good player. So Indiana not caught off guard by Illinois QB competition. We'll see if Illinois is treating IU the same way. I don't know that there's maybe quite the front runner that there was with Illinois. Uh, it seemed like it was DeVito's position, but we'll see how that, if there's any quotes like that, obviously we don't know Indiana's quarterback posi- or battle or who's the, who's the winner. Uh, we won't know until Friday. So we'll see about that. Scott Dolson, athletic director, spoke on Monday as well, had a number of interesting things uh, we're going to talk about here through the next couple of segments. First, though, betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. NCAA, obviously, as well on there. Hoosiers are down to three-point favorites against Illinois. Before last week's game, this line had just kind of continually creeped up and up and up. 
it was at five and a half, six, six and a half points at some places. It has come drastically down. Three makes a lot more sense. Honestly, I think I would take the Hoosiers at minus three. The over-under has come down a little bit too. A little surprising after Illinois scored so much last week, but over-under now at 45. Uh, before, kind of 47, I liked it. I still probably like it a little bit, but I think I like Indiana minus three a little bit more on that one. Bet online though, continues to be your top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting scores and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Big thanks to all you guys for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Head on over to YouTube. I mentioned it in yesterday's episode. We're trying to grow the audience to 500 subscribers by the time basketball season starts. We have about a month and a half or so before that really starts to get underway. Uh, maybe a little bit more than that before the first game. So would love to get to 500 subscribers. You guys have been amazing over there. We're growing rapidly. Let's see how quickly we can push those numbers. Scott Dolson, as I said, um, had a press conference as well. Spoke for about 20 minutes on a number of things. We're going to touch on just about everything he talked about. The first, though, that I thought was interesting, quote, ticket sales have been really, really good in regards to football, which honestly I'm surprised by because, I mean, last year was really, really bad. Uh, the ticket sales, the the momentum built early in the season, you think to that Cincinnati game, it was sold out. It was a raucous atmosphere and for the first half, it was a lot of fun. Even that Idaho game that, I mean, in previous years, if you have a school like Idaho coming in, not even an FBS school, um, you typically don't get a lot of people in. That was a big crowd for that Idaho game as well. Uh, I just kind of assumed all that momentum was gone. At least early on, it doesn't sound like it. Dolson said he expects a turnout in the low 40,000s on Friday, which... Again, a little surprising to see that many people, uh, especially with it being a Friday night as well. It's just, I don't love Friday night games, but uh, that's his expectations. He said renewals on season tickets have been strong. Student ticket sales are actually up 10%. There's a big student turnout expected on Friday. Now, I don't know how specifically this works. I, I saw it pointed out on Twitter. You can kind of build loyalty points uh, that go toward your basketball season tickets by going to these games. So um, you can say that's why fans are there. That's also why they, they create this loyalty program because they want people at these football games. They want them at soccer games. They want them at um, baseball and softball games in the spring. So, I, I mean, you can say that's the excuse. So the fans are still going to be there and it's still going to be a fun atmosphere. So, uh I'm excited. I want to see Memorial Stadium full. Uh, there's going to be new LED lights installed. Um, Dolson said the lights that were there were the original lights that were put in in the 80s. Um, now, I saw some silly reactions to this. His wording was they should be done by Friday, uh, the, the new lights. It is not going to be dark if, if those lights aren't done. They've rented lights. He said that they rented lights. These stadiums, these programs rent lights if something isn't working. This isn't like either the lights are going to be done or we're going to be playing in the dark. Come on. Be a little bit smarter than that. Uh, 
but the new lights are going to be installed. They should be done by Friday. Uh, I don't know why they waited until Friday. It might be, um, it, it might be a supply chain issue. I, I, I don't know. I, I assume that they're not intentionally dragging their feet. Um, Memorial stadium is going to be cashless this season, another big upgrade. So those of you heading there on Friday or throughout the season, uh, you don't need any cash. It is cashless now. Uh, talking about the program and specifically Taiwan Mullen was someone he talked about. Um, he said Taiwan Mullen has been incredible. Uh, they've really built a relationship, Scott Dolson and Mullen. Uh, he said he stopped by his office 20, uh, about 25 times uh, over the last couple months. Uh, they went to IU women's basketball games together, the NCAA games, late season games. They went to the IU track regionals. Uh, Mullen did with Dolson. An interesting uh, combination, I guess. But Mullen has been someone that has supported all the other programs. He talked about that at Big Ten Media Day. Um, he he says he just enjoys being there to support his friends. A lot of these athletes are our friends, they're the only ones that kind of relate to being an athlete in a division one school and the demands that come with that. So a lot of them form friendships and Mullen is there at all, all sorts of sporting events to support everyone. So Dolson kind of singling him out was cool, was interesting. Obviously there were some questions about the big 10 media rights money. It's going to be in the neighborhood of $90 million um, per school per year a staggering figure. Dolson was asked basically if there's a plan for what, for what they're going to use that for. Um, so the deal is backloaded. It's going to average out to $90 million per year. They're not going to get $90 million every year of the media rights deal. So that's one thing. Um, so it's not all going to come at once. There's going to be more of it in the, at the back end. Uh, it's, but he basically said it's going to help IU keep pace, but there's not necessarily one singular big project that it is immediately going to be put towards. Um, there's nothing kind of in the chamber, anything like that. There's nothing that particularly jumps out. One thing I I've seen discussed, uh, is a, a potential option. Nothing really indicating this would be the case, perhaps a weight room solely for the IU football team. I've seen it mentioned that that's kind of been used against um, IU in recruiting. There's a state-of-the-art weight room, but it is for all the programs. And so if there's one specifically for football, then you can say, this is our weight room, this is what we're committing, uh, and then build a separate weight room for the rest of the, the school or the rest of the team's it's kind of a silly thing. It really doesn't matter much. It's not like the football team is being forced to wait on tennis or golf or basketball or whatever, baseball, softball, to get into the weight room. It's more just a almost a recruiting thing to say that rival schools are pointing at IU and saying, are they really committed to football? You don't even have your own weight room. And it's a small thing. It's a silly thing. But if schools are pointing it out, listen, you're getting $90 million dollars that money can go somewhere. I can't imagine a weight room costs more than that. So uh, it, it, let me rephrase that. I can't imagine a weight room is going to cost a lot more than that. I, th I think it, it will cost more than that, but that's huge chunks of money you can put towards that. So 
Wouldn't be surprised if that's down the pipeline a little bit. He did mention, Dolson, that the Alston Awards uh, are going to account for about $3 million a year. I didn't know about these, and so I looked them up. Uh, IU student-athletes will will be eligible starting this year to receive up to $5,980 per year as an academic achievement award. Um, it's a response to the 2021 Supreme Court decision in Alston versus NCAA. So effectively $6,000 per student athlete per year. As I said, it's going to account for about $3 million. So there's a couple things that are already taking up some of the money. We'll see if they, off the top of my head, I can't really think of a big project that they can do. I mean, maybe it's a new football kind of training practice facility, but it doesn't seem like that one's in bad shape. They've just built a new baseball stadium. Assembly Hall has renovations. They just built Cook Hall. Um, maybe stuff to the soccer stadium. I know that there's some potential issues with the grass there, but I mean, that's already a big stadium and a really cool atmosphere. I don't know what else you would do there necessarily. Uh, certainly there are things that could be done. It's not my job to figure them out, but off the top of my head, it's not something that jumps out. Uh, there aren't any, there isn't anything really that jumps out. We'll see if they, they put that money to stuff down the line, but interesting to kind of start thinking about what you would use or could use some of the money on. Dolson also talked about, there's a new uh, alcohol partnership that was announced on Monday and the possibility of selling alcohol at assembly hall. We'll talk a little bit more about that here in just a moment. So on Monday, Upland Brewing Company announced a new partnership with Indiana University Athletics that will make Upland Brewing Company the exclusive craft beer sponsor starting this season. Uh, This is directly from the press release. As part of the three-year agreement, Upland will produce promotional beer packaging utilizing the Cream and Crimson, They're going to host official IU Athletic watch parties for home and away games of all sports at brew pub locations. They'll uh, be able to advertise during basketball, baseball, football games. Um, They're going to have the opportunity to be featured on IU social media um, and on the digital platforms as well as the IU radio network. We saw this when it came to Coors and, and that deal being reached. It was a lot of the same things there. Not the watch parties, obviously, but everything else was mentioned there. Um, But this is now kind of led to another question, which is Memorial Stadium has beer sales. Kauffman Stadium, um, I believe the softball stadium does. Soccer does. Assembly Hall, is that going to get beer sales? Um, Dolson talked about it, quote, We're currently looking at Simon Scott Assembly Hall to see if that's something we may or may not do, but I am a big proponent of making certain that we're keeping up with what our fans would like to see from a fan experience standpoint. In the past, specifically with Fred Glass, the reasoning not to was the proximity between the fans and the court, and I mean, we saw what happened at the Malice of the Palace, basically. Uh, a couple upset fans, beers being dumped on people or something like that. It's just a situation you do not want to happen. So 
I think that was a le- I think it's a legitimate concern. That being said, uh, I still think you could potentially sell them. And Dolson mentioned that um, beer-related kind of incidents at these sporting events have actually went down because they're kind of able to control the environment more when they are able to provide the alcohol. Uh, you're not coming in drunk already because you know that there's alcohol there. Uh, for example, things of that note. So I don't know if that would apply at assembly hall. I know other places do it. There aren't incidents there, but I can also understand why there would be concern. And I don't necessarily blame them. Um, at assembly hall, there isn't a lot of barrier between the fans and the court and one mishap. And suddenly IU gets a really bad rap. And that's something that the athletic directors have to be aware of and something that they would want to avoid. Now, that being said, I think the fan demand is there. And ultimately I do think assembly hall will probably sell alcohol for this upcoming season. Um, It'll be interesting to see how it goes. I don't expect anything bad to happen. You never really expect something like that to happen, but again, all it takes is one incident and it's really bad from there. So we'll see how that progresses, but the fact that they're kind of making these deals and, and, just the the more alcohol has been available at sporting events, Assembly Hall seems like the next obvious uh, choice. So I wouldn't be surprised in the coming weeks or months before the season starts, we get that announcement as well. One thing of note when it comes to Illinois, they had their obviously uh, kind of press conference on Monday as well. Illinois running back Josh McCray will not play against Indiana. Um, he had a, I believe a, a knee injury, a leg injury, uh, in their game last week, long-term diagnosis for him is uncertain. Now he is not Chase Brown, who, uh, is obviously the big threat there, but McCray still really good running back in part of a kind of two headed attack for Illinois that made them, um, tough last season against Purdue last year. He had 156 yards on 24 carries against Penn State. He had 142 yards on 24 carries. So he's someone that could do damage. Um, Not having him available certainly hurts Illinois. So a a small positive. You don't want it to be a positive in the form of injury, but um, a small, a a positive for Indiana heading into this one uh, is that Illinois is going to be a little shorthanded. Wish McCray the best. Hopefully it is not a serious long-term injury. We're going to talk about IU, or excuse me, well, IU Illinois, uh, specifically the Illinois football team later this week on, uh, on Thursday, I believe I have to check my schedule, but we do have, um, one of the assistant sports editors from the newspaper school newspaper there at Illinois coming on to talk. We will, um, discuss that injury, Illinois' first game of the season, what to expect from them heading into this one. We'll dive into all that later this week. So thanks again for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Be sure to check back in throughout this week as we continue building up to Friday. Now know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Everyday host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen Locked on Big Ten. 
Follow us on Twitter if you have not already at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave that quick rating and review. Head on over to YouTube. Subscribe over there as well as we try to get to 500 subscribers before basketball season. Now, most importantly, guys, have a terrific Tuesday and LEO.